Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Disco Freaks rounding out your afternoon from across the pond. You're now listening to Redefine Radio on the Face Radio. I am your host, Freddie Cosmo, the Disco Prince of New York. Fall is super official now. It is the second week of November. We're broadcasting right here out of the heart of Brooklyn. Coming up on today's show, we chat with Angela La. Local dance music artist about her recent collaborations, her recent tenure on the music charts, and the life of an indie artist here in New York. All of that in your weekly dose of local news and some of my favorites in disco, house, funk, and groove-inspired tunes. It's Redefine Radio, and it starts right now.
to do it. I eat that lunch. She keep that booty booty. She keep that bump. That is from you to beauty. Sometimes you won't You told me don't With no Yes, you know nah. You got it Yeah, you got it, baby Bust it on the floor I keep it juicy, baby I eat that lunch She keep that booty booty She keep that bone That nice booty booty Outside. Motivation. Motivation. I'm 
Jump up, go crazy.
technique. Uh, uh, coming from my technique. Uh, uh, you wanna feel my technique? Uh, uh, it's pure. Bad bitches to the left. Money bitches to the right. You can be both. Meet in the middle. Dance all night. Take it all off. Or just a little if you like. It's pure. It should cost a billion to look this good. Oh, yeah. But she make it look easy because she got it. Check my technique. You can find the one when the tempo good. Wanna touch my technique. Four, three, two, fucking busy. That's my technique. Uh, that's my, that's my, that's my technique. Uh, bad bitch, me Right and left cheek. Uh, ideas, my dear. That's my technique. Uh, Pretty world to the floor. Get your money, money, cunty, hunty. Don't be funny with my money, honey. Don't my girls look so yummy, yummy. All the boys want my honey from me. It should cost a billion to look that good. But she make it look easy because she got it. You can find the one when the tempo's good. Four. Three, I'm too fucking busy. Check my technique. Uh, I see you, you too. Coming from my technique. Uh, bossy bitch, be so right and left cheek. Uh, future Renaissance. Study my technique. Uh, all the pretty boys to the floor. Uh, get your money, 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 money. Don't be funny with my money, honey. Don't my girls look so yummy. To the left, money bitches to the right. You can be both, meet in the middle, dance all night. Take it all off, or just a little if you like. Early winner. It should cost a billion to look this. I see you want it and you're coming for me. Don't be funny with my money, honey. All my girls look so yummy.
stages depending on the occasion I found true love when I started my emancipation I was scared of the culture I tried to blend with the soldiers I was picking at every piece of feminism I had Running in circles trying to erase all that I am Make them own all the right clothes Push and pull through all the right doors Tell the boy that's all that he knows If he questions then you tell him it's all for your morals Round and round we sink in the hole When we stop the glory unfolds Listen to the story they hold Boundless like the ocean that flows If everything was made in your image That means I fit in it With a bounce in my step and affinity for glitter Prancing around downtown Feeling all my oats amazed My colors astounded And if it's true that love is unconditional Then I surrender my soul Knowing that I'm beautiful Carefully crafted with the tenderness of your hand A design I care only you understand Make the mold all the right clothes Push and pull through all the right doors Tell the boy that's all that he knows If he questions then you tell him it's all for your morals Round and round we sink in the hole When we stop the glory unfolds Listen to the story they hold Boundless like the ocean that flows And 
persuasive, she's so persuasive, that marijuana, she's so flirtatious, how does it feel to be so persuasive, that marijuana, she's so flirtatious, how does it feel to be
in your ear. Thick in the head, but thick in the head. Throw the bread, green in the red light district. Open your leg, lay in the edge, edge in the bed. Sat in the spreads, counting the threads, hot off the press. Known to impress, known to produce. Throwing the deuces up, ain't making no truth. Swim with the juice, taking the crew. Ain't making no truth, sip. Picking up a penny, 20 tips, so nah. Bamboo in my 50 lips, so yeah. Bigger wanna let us try to wig some now. Gold crown, really make that hip sway high. I had to get to the beauty supply. Bless out my head at the beauty supply. I had to get to the beauty supply. Bless head, beauty supply. I had to go. A pen and invented a rhyme. Sound on the solid, fuck a dotty. Never a scramble, Benedict mine. Low you to death, I'm offended this time. How many times I'ma give him the sign? I dollar, dollar, a. It's a bilingual time. Come on, to tie your little light. Tuck, tuck on la ganga, you can go outside. E, e, fuera, Hollywood sign. I had to go, blue my guy. Body, qua morena, dominicana, your mama. Mocha, honey, money, mugging, mocana, moana. Virgin Remy, human, and tis all up in that glue. By hair, by there, by black, black opal. LA girl, by boo. Try me, try out to. Mind you, be mindful. Protect the styles. I picking up a penny, 20 tips. So now, bamboo in my hand, 50 lips. So yeah, they don't want to let us try to wigs so on now. Close. 
life is seldom fair Gives you love beyond compare With memories of fingers through your hair And wounds you can't repair yeah. Do you regret the path you chose? I survived, but it was close It was too close like That's just the way love goes We used to be close Sometimes the story goes We used to be close Never had a way with words, the fault is that they lie But the way your body's intertwined, told truths you can't deny Oh, oh, like Janet said That's just the way love goes We used to be close Sometimes the story goes We used to be close we were so close Like dancing That's just the way love goes We used to be close Sometimes the story goes We used to be close We were so close 
a Sunday. Page two, look at my girl. Come a little closer, give me a 12. Put my hands on your body, cause you're on my mind, on my mind. Think about you all the time. Girl, can you give me what I want? I don't know about you, but I feel so hot. And I wanna love you, baby. Do all the little things that I wanna do. We can do it in a park, in a rain. Do it again, do it again.
Redefine Radio on the Face Radio. I am your host, Freddie Cosmo, the Disco Prince of New York. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. My my special guest, my special guest today is a dear friend and colleague of mine, recently coming off of his tenure on Tina, the musical. We're going to talk about that a little bit as well as his new project, Associate Music Director for A Man of No Importance, also can be seen around town very, very frequently on the piano bar scene, including Stonewall Up at the Stonewall Inn. It's John Bronston, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Good to be here, Freddie. John, thank you so much for for coming on. I, I think I've been trying, you're one of the people I think I've been trying to have on for a minute, but you 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 booked them busy in these streets. Well, I'm trying to stay employed. That's what. <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, I'm trying to stay employed and trying to keep a dollar in my pocket. But things are but things are going well. I so I know you mainly from the piano bar scene and work at Stone. I think the first time because we knew each other a while before we were actually on stage together. I want to yeah. say yeah. And then we did, which which just passed the annual Stonewall Halloween show, which this year was hosted by Melissa Driscoll and DJ Chauncey D. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> always a wild, wild time. Yes, always, always a good time. I've had the pleasure of being an intricate part of in the past, which I'm very, very proud of because it's it's such a fun night, such a fun Sunday. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about your piano bar work first yeah. and sort of a quick recap of how you got started in that world here in New York, because I know you've been around for a minute. Oh, for a minute. I mean, like, I I started hanging out in piano bars in New York when I was in college and visiting New York. Like, I went, so, like, I have known some of the people in piano bars for over 20 years because of that. But um, I started working in them. uh, There was a piano bar in the village called Rose's Turn that closed. And when they closed, the staff kind of dispersed to the wind. And um, there was a lesbian bar that took in a bunch of the staff for a while, Ruby Fruits. And they had a piano bar, and it was Terry White, who's a big Broadway star, but worked, worked in piano bar at the time also. Uh, it was going to be her birthday, and the piano player quit, like, the day before her birthday. So wow. Kim Hicks called me and was like, we got to have a piano player for Kim, for Terry's birthday. You going to play? And I was like, I don't play no piano bar. And she was like, you going to play tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's how I started playing in piano bars, was because of that, because of Kim Lee Hicks. And you did, did you live here yet, officially? Or you oh, I was living here, here, but I was like, I think I was, yeah, I was in the city by then. I wasn't still in Jersey even. Like, I was living in the city, but I had never, I had just been hanging out in piano bars. I had never played one, didn't have any idea what the heck I wore. But that's uh, so how I started. And then, like, I played at the Duplex for years, and now I play at uh, Brandy's, and I play at Stonewall. You know, that, but that is how it all started, because Kim Lee was like, we got to have a, a player for Terry's birthday. Wow. So it was Kim Lee, who's, who also works at Stonewall now, yes. who is also a friend of ours. And the, 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 the roots run so deep with this mm-hmm. group of friends. I like to joke, like I said, that I, I met you guys 10 years ago and I still came in in like season 23 of the show. Like it's it's been just going and going. <laughs> I mean, like I met like Rose's turn is where like I met so many people because that's how I met um, Melissa Driscoll there. Mm-hmm. Like, just because we were both customers there. We right. Next to each other, started talking, and then she was like, "There was this other guy that was there," and she was like, "Y'all should make out." And then we did. And he's like a friend of mine now. He lives in Canada. I go visit him in Toronto. <laughs> like, but I mean, like, it's just that those piano bars, just that stuff. It gets a hook in you. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you started, and when did you sort of become sort of a regular doing piano bar? I mean, I started, I took my first shifts um, like 15, 14 years, 15 or 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it's been a minute now that yeah. I've been um, yeah. And so, you know, and like uh, we, I started playing at the, Sto I started working at the Stonewall when they reopened. So that was, I think, 13, 12 years ago, at least, um, when they reopened. Um, I was on the first staff there when they did the original piano bar and then they brought it back after the pandemic. Right. And so I helped set that up and open that up again. Did you see yourself when you moved here doing piano bar at all at any point? Or did it no. you really just no. literally happen upon it? No, I, when I moved here, I was still, I was an actor when I first came here. So I was auditioning and I played the piano, but I never was confident playing it and singing at the same time. That was something that, like, I was like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how people do that. And so I never thought that I would be doing it. And like, I loved piano bar. I would hang out in piano bars. I loved watching it, but I was like, I don't know how those people do that. So Really? That's I mean, hard for me to imagine because I only know you as, 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 as doing this. Like, I mean, also my first job job in piano bar at the duplex was as a singing bartender, not as a piano player. Right, right. Like, like I had worked, I had worked as, I played for Terry and Kim Lee a couple times, but like, I didn't have a job playing in piano bars at first. I had one as a singer, singing waiter, and then they slowly just kind of eased me over behind the piano. <laughs> as these things tend to go, you tend to sort of evolve and get moved around based on, you know, yeah. what your you potential. Figure out what they think you can do, and you eventually figure out how to do it. <laughs> so that first, that first titular night, you didn't sing on the piano, I'm assuming, you just played. Oh, no, 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 I had to sing. I mean, that's the job, I mean, you right. got to do it. So, I mean, I just, I, you know, I felt like I didn't know that much material. I mean, I knew a lot of songs to sing them, but I didn't know a lot of material to play. But I just figured out enough stuff to get by. Right. You know, and you, I wasn't going to take a lot of requests because I didn't know a whole lot of songs. <laughs> <laughs> you're you know? like, the requests only come from me tonight. Yeah, you're going to hear what I know. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward to... Um, the recent past, because you just finished recently working on Tina, the musical. Yeah, it was my Broadway, Broadway debut, officially. Your Broadway debut, yes. officially. Wow, can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Because I know that that's huge. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, like, I've been here 20 years. As of May, it was 20 years I celebrated being here. And that was when I made my debut uh, on the, in the onstage band at Tina. I got, um, I joined them as a staff musician uh, last October. So it's been, it's uh, almost a year. It'll be a year, October 24th is when I got the job there. Wow. It was actually part of the fellowship that I got through Black Theater Coalition. But, right. uh, and like that job was really just like kind of an observership. But mm -hmm. then they moved me into, they were like, well, start playing rehearsals. So... Then I became one of the rehearsal pianists, and then uh, they were like, "Learn the books so you can play in the play in the onstage band." So I learned the book, and then I got to make my debut playing keys too on stage, um, and I got to do a bunch of performances with them before we closed. But none of that was part of the fellowship. That was something that they just decided. They were like, "Oh, John can handle this extra stuff." Right. Here you go. Right. Wow. How'd you feel that first night when they told you that? Well, I mean, <laughs> I was very, very nervous. I mean, like I knew that. They were planning on me doing it, so I knew it was coming, and I was practicing and getting myself ready, and it helped I was playing rehearsal piano, so I felt like I knew the show really well in my bones. But 
part of what makes that show really nerve-wracking is that the last 20 minutes of the show is a concert where the band is fully on stage and nobody has any sheet music. You have to have it memorized. And so that was like, oh. Uh, like I was like, I know these songs pretty well. Mm-hmm. But I was like, do I know them like that? <laughs> um, right. And, you know, not only just like, you know, you're standing at this keyboard rig, playing with no sheet music, and then you also have to remember there's a bunch of patch changes, like when you're changing what the instrument is, but you don't, like without the sheet music, I don't remember when those supposed to happen, like it's in the middle of this song here, and like uh-huh. at five different times you got to do that, and it's just so many controls electronically to deal with while you are just so visible. When my right. parents came to see the show, I realized I got them tickets that were too close, because I could literally see them right in their eyes. And wow. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Wow. I mean, it's it, there's a bit of a thrill to it, though. That's like a brand new thrill after all this time. Did you, Were you one of those people? I mean, I, I feel like this is sort of an obvious question, but we all had this moment. When you moved here, did you have those those Broadway dreams? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was I was auditioning for shows all the time. Mm-hmm. I would get when I was still an actor, I would get really close to booking Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was like final calls so many times for rent. Mm-hmm like mm-hmm. so many times at rent um, and, you know, and various other shows. And I mean, and I did work as an actor. Uh, I worked regionally and I worked, you know, I did some touring, but I, the goal was always to get in on a Broadway stage. Right. I didn't think it would happen as a musician instead of as an actor, but I'm not mad that that's where the journey led. You mentioned the Black Theater Coalition. Yeah. And you've how you've been working with them for about a year, you said? Yeah. Yeah, so can you tell us, for those of us who don't know, can you tell us what the Black Theater Coalition is and does? Yeah, so the Black Theater Coalition is an organization that popped up during the pandemic, and their goal, they recognize that, like, Black people are represented on Broadway on the stage. Like, I mean, like, sometimes you just gotta have Black people on the stage. There's certain stories you can't tell without it. But that we are so incredibly underrepresented behind the scenes. You know, the directors, the choreographers, the music directors, the uh, stage managers, the designers, the general managers, the producers, the advertising, web, like every, in every other job on the, in the theater, we represent like sometimes 1% of the people that hold jobs in a lot of those fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, that doesn't make any sense. And so their job was to get it, was to increase representation so that they implant black people in theater jobs. Like, so, like, at, at Tina, there was me, I was the music direction fellow, there was also a stage management fellow there, mm-hmm. um, and there were, they were implanted at lots of places, at advertising agencies for theater, with, uh, PR firms, with, um, you know, just all over, with Disney Theatricals has, like, four Black Theater Coalition fellows implanted there, and, like, awesome. I'm at the end of my fellowship, but a lot of us started getting real jobs right. as our fellowships ran out, and, um, you know, and so that's, that's been amazing as well like the associate director of company on broadway started there as a directing fellow and she became nisha fordham is her name she t became the associate director of company who was in charge of keeping that was in charge of keeping that show together because the director was off in london she's gone so day to day t was the director of that show during this whole broadway run wow so it sounds like it's expanded your network Hugely so. The exact place that you would want to be. Yeah, yeah, I got to meet so many people from doing it. Um, and also, I mean, like, I <laughs> I meet people, it's it's astonishing how you meet people. Like, I also, working in nightlife, 
Like I worked as the company as the music director for Flotilla DeBarge, mm -hmm. and uh, I Flotilla, I got to meet the music director uh, and the music supervisor for Ain't Too Proud on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy. Like it wasn't that wasn't through the Black Theater Coalition. That was through my nightlife work. Right. That I met him and then he started offering me jobs as well. Like it's weird how <laughs> these things kind of overlap for me. Yeah, well, there's always been, this is the other thing I want to talk about this. It ties together in such an interesting way. You managed to still do all this and you're working on another project right now, which I'll get into in just a second. But you're still doing Stonewall Up Piano Bar. That's on your Monday nights, right? That's correct. And you're at Brandy's yes. on Thursday? I forget. I have Saturday nights is when I'm there. Saturday nights. Yeah. And you're also, right now, fast forward a little bit more, you're the associate music director currently for A Man of No Importance. Yes, that's a classic stage company off-Broadway. Um, John Doyle's directing that. Uh, it's his final show with the company. He's retiring as artistic director there. Um, and it's, we open October 30th. So okay. Oh, relatively, right, oh, very soon. Yeah, right at the end of the month. So we're in previews right now. Um, and, but we'll open October 30th and... Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory is the lead in it. Mm -hmm. uh, Mayor Winningham uh, is in it. Uh, uh, Mary Beth Peel from Dawson's Creek Grams is in it. Like, it's it's a wild, wild... And it's a this beautiful, gay, Irish musical. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's wild as a Black person be retelling that story. Um, it's also, like, a mixed company as well. There's, like, people of color within the company as well, which is unusual when you're telling a story set in Ireland in 1964 um, but it's it's a really beautiful piece do you find a lot of overlap between doing a project like a man of no importance and doing brandies and Stonewall up as well do you find that there's a lot of transferable sort of skills or is it two sort of cre different creative platforms for you um I mean part of the reason that I like working in piano bars is that from being a former performer, I have just enough look at me left in me that I, I <laughs> get, get that out of my system by being in piano bar world. Yeah. Because uh, I'm so behind the scenes, even if I'm visible like a Tina, and I'm visible when I'm conducting this show, I'm visible as well at Man No Importance. Um, but the skills do kind of overlap a lot of times in that, like, just my general musicality. And there's a lot of people that go back and forth, you know, that work in both of these realms. Um, yeah. You know, Lauren Muffson that I work with at Brandy's, you know, she was in Mamma Mia for three and a half years on Broadway in the first national tour. Mm -hmm. um, there are people that I work with in both jobs also, like um, like Liz Lark Brown that works at Stonewall. Right. I've worked with her in theater gigs as well as working with her in piano bar things. It's amazing. It used to be kind of that they were really segregated in the city and there wasn't that much overlap, but there's a lot more... There's also several musical directors on Broadway that have worked in piano bars now. Right. But you'd be before or after or both? Before what depends. Happened? I mean, like, some of it was the pandemic, to be honest, though, that, like, some people that had been working on Broadway discovered that they needed to find another job when everything was shut down. Right. And so some of them were working at the Duke place. I was running, I was like, see somebody behind me. I was like, what are they doing here? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, <laughs> I think that that's part of the reason that like everything has gotten a little more fluid is that people have been like, how do these job skills translate and what else can I do to make a living? Right, yeah. Well, and you were already sort of ahead of the curve as far as that goes because you were 
you've been doing it for. for well, some I've been time. on a hustle for a while. Yes, you. Yeah, <laughs> you. You know how to hustle for sure. You know how to hustle. How do you? Speaking of that, how do you? How do you balance all of this? Because this is, you know, these are, in a way, yes, you're working on music, but you know, different projects that require different focuses. I mean, it's also wildly different schedules. You know, I'm, I'm at the theater from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. while we're in rehearsals. But then, you know, then I'm there at night where we're doing performances and then I'm working in piano bar till four in the morning. Right. So, um, it's being real specific about my schedule, about my sleep schedule. Mm -hmm. It's irregular, but like, it's plotted down to the minute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean, like, I keep calendars everywhere, like big physical calendars. We keep a big whiteboard here at the house with our weekly calendar. And I have paper calendars because I just need to have things in writing. Yeah. Like putting it in my phone is not enough for me. I'm um, the same. And it's just about, you know, recognizing and trying not to double book myself, which is a struggle. A challenge. Yeah. <laughs> a struggle. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's always just like being really intense, intentional about what the schedule is for that week and knowing like, you got to go to bed. I don't care what it is. You know, this is the time you got to go to bed because you're going to have a long day tomorrow. Some days, like last, the other week, I was playing rehearsals for Town, And so I was in rehearsal for my show from 10 a.m. till 7 p.m. And we got out a little, we get out like 6.30 sometimes a little early. I'd run to Town rehearsal and play there from till 10 p.m. <sighs> I'd have 12 hours, basically, of music a day. Right. And I was like, that's just bonkers. Bonkers, but the dream. At yeah. the same time, you know? Yeah, I, I think about that a lot too, you know. It's and my my father recently reminded me, like, you asked for this. This is what you what you wanted is to be working on music all day. So yeah. not for nothing. Um, it's spooky season. And the unfortunately the Stonewall Halloween extravaganza just recently passed, but we still have Halloween weekend to look forward to. Are you a big Halloween person? I am, like I mean, I started off spooky season going to a costume party, like uh, for a Hocus Pocus too. For Hocus Pocus. <laughs> so like, I mean, I, Frank and I were dressed up as Gary and Penny Marshall, like, and I was there with my wig and my curlers and my robe. I, I saw so, the pictures. But I mean, like, I started off strong with like, I was like, I'm gonna make my Halloween this year. Um, you know, and our, since our opening night is that Sunday, it's the 30th, it's the day before mm -hmm. Halloween. So I, we'll see how, um, how costumey my opening night outfit yeah. is. Yeah, do you do, I some years, depending on what I have going on, I have to have like three or four costumes if, if I'm like booked for stuff, because heaven forbid you'll be seen in the same thing twice, darling. So oh, yeah. any ideas what you're what you're gonna be? Are you a wait to the last minute person or are you like a, a oh. ridiculous costume planner? No, I need to have my stuff together. Like I'll be, <laughs> um, you know, I, will, I will be up on Amazon ordering bits and pieces and things. I mean, like, and I already placed an order through, like, um, like weeks, like, for through Etsy to get this piece made that I needed to have. I was like, oh, I need this to put this outfit together. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely will be moving. I move early. Yes. Oh, and smart, apparently. Um, I, like, you don't see me at the last minute going to that Halloween costume shop. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've had years, it, it really depends on the flow. I've had years where it was the last minute thing and some years where it was like, I knew in like September 5th, what was exactly how this was gonna go down. So, but I'm very seasonal myself, so to speak. It's the cancer in me. Um, more me pressing, 
more pressing controversial Halloween question. Uh, your thoughts on candy corn? Oh, gross. <laughs> no use for that. I don't generally like any candy that's not chocolate. You're a big chocolate person. Yeah, so like, you don't see me at Easter time. You're not gonna see me with no peeps. You're not gonna see <laughs> well, me peeps are just like, why does that? Why does that exist? Like everybody knows. Like, but I mean, so any kind of holiday candy that is not chocolate is not for me. Not even a, not even like, well, Twizzlers are a special sort of taste. But like, not even a nice fruit. You don't like any of the fruity stuff. I'm not real fruit stuff in your chocolate, like chocolate that has fruit in the middle. I mean, I don't mind a chocolate covered strawberry. <laughs> you're but, so fancy but no like no you're not gonna see me with no skittles you're not gonna see me with no well i am officially the only person on the face of the planet that likes candy corn and yeah, cancel me i don't care it's fine it's fine true see <laughs> john there's you, you know i could talk to you all day we have so much to talk about um but unfortunately i have to bring this to a close um so can you tell us where we can follow you online Yes, uh, so you can always, I'm, I'm on all the socials under John Bronston. It's normally under John Dash Bronston because you know how they mess you up all the time. Mm -hmm. But, um, but you know, I'm on Insta, I'm on, I, I'm, actually I'm under Jay Bronstow is where you can find me on Insta. Uh, but I'm on Insta, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, um, I'm on Cash App, you know. <laughs> you know, you can find me any which way, you know, hit me up on any of them. <laughs> and you can catch John Bronston weekly at the Stonewall Up. That's Monday nights and at Brandy's. 9 p.m. till 2 a.m. 9 till 2 a.m. and at Brandy's Piano Bar on Saturday nights. That's from 9 to 2 as well? That's 9.30 to 4. 9.30 to 4. And Monday nights at Stonewall Up is always an open mic. So I love when people come out ready to sing, have a good time with my girls Maria Gentili and uh, Susan Campanero. Uh, Susan Campanero, yes. <laughs> Just the that's, a, that's, how, that's how we know it's a good time. Yes. A Man of No Importance starts October 30th. That's at what theater? Classic Stage Company. The Classic Stage Company, so you can get tickets for that online. John Bronston talking about the connection between piano bars and theater and nightlife in a very, very busy schedule. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We so appreciate you guys can check him out weekly as well as on the stage. So, you know, dig in, kids. <laughs> it's Redefined Radio on The Face Radio. We'll be back with more music right after these messages. I'm giving you an insider's look with my new novella, Starcatcher, a guide to surviving New York nightlife. Read about all the drama, the scandal, and most importantly, the truth about how promoters keep the party going through one hot Brooklyn summer. Starcatcher, a guide to surviving New York nightlife, is available now on Kindle and paperback. Out of 
of that come rewind Now pick up my lick up, pour me up a wine To live it all up, I'm reading all the signs And I'm faded and gone till I lose track of time Give me what I need till I say I'm fine Gonna blow it up, no I don't do lines They gon' come alive when I spit out rhymes If you're not the finna chair, you broke that for a blind When I come through, get the real clue Don't test the dawn before it get too nasty Fuck all the classy, you can try harder You won't make it past me, on God it's the truth Let's raise the roof, the DJ is playing my song in the booth You gon' shoot your shot or you're staring, you lose This liquor is hitting, I'm twisted, it's true, true oh. Yeah, tonight the DJ say my life say my life, is say my life Play my song and bump me one more The DJ say me, DJ say my life
Okay. Recently, foodandwine.com published a story about restaurant etiquette for your children. For those of you who have kids. Okay, now this isn't a read. This isn't a drag. But, you know. It's just a simple list of do's and don'ts from foodandwine.com. Because, you know, taking kids out is a lot. And, you know, you have to be cognizant of some of a few things. I don't have kids myself. But I am in the hospitality industry. I am a server bartender here and there when I have a chance. Food and Wine writes, top five things to do, your top five do's and don'ts. Do interpret for your child when they order, right? So if you have a two-year-old who wants to order for themselves, that's great. Super cute. We love that. As long as you don't turn it into a game of password and make your server figure out what they're trying to say, right? It is super cute when kids order. Like, it's really, really cute. And it teaches them agency and, you know, independence and all of that good stuff. Congratulate child on a job well done. And then order the chicken fingers for yourself, it says. Do not make your server the bad guy. I'm just going to read this directly. I love this. We servers don't want to be the bad guy or the disciplinarian, so please don't put us in that situation. If your child doesn't finish all the broccoli on their plate, we don't care. We honestly don't. That is very, very true. We just care about the tips. So when the waiter says, you quote, you better eat all of your vegetables or the waiter is going to be mad, or the parent says this, you better eat all of your vegetables or the waiter is going to be mad at you. Okay, you're lying, obviously. You know. The good cop, bad cop thing may be an effective way for parents, two parents, but trust me, your server has enough going on. In front of the scenes, behind the scenes, whether you know it or not, there's a lot to do, okay? Deal with that on your own. Do keep your child in their seat, right? Okay? It says unless they're at a place with a cheesy mouse named Chuck as a mascot and, you know, little games everywhere. Keep your child seated safely at all times. Now, we know that this is easier said than done, but we just don't want kids running through restaurants and have them, like, you know, run into a corner of a table because the grown-ups weren't looking. It's enough when the grown-ups, like, run into a table and get hurt or something. That's sort of like, we got to stop everything for that. And servers, we don't, they, your servers don't have the time to look at the floor to, you know, to, to sort of figure out where your kid is. We got hot plates. We got, it's a lot going on. <laughs> it ends by saying this, quote, if you think it's bad stepping on a Lego at home, you should try it while you're carrying a tray full of martinis, end quote. Truer words. Do be prepared to distract them quietly. I've seen a lot of parents bring, you know, the kitty, the kitty tablets, coloring books, iPads, phones. They're all great distractions. It says it does not recommend letting kids use crayons. Or if they do, make sure they're coloring on things that are meant to be colored upon, Right. Someone has to clean up all of that crown marking off the table, especially if you work in a sort of hoity-toity highfalutin type restaurant. You know, we have to clean after every single guest, obviously. So just keep an eye out for us, please. 
And lastly, and this should be pretty obvious, don't ask a server to watch your kid, okay? Servers are not babysitters. If you gotta go to the restroom or make a quick phone call, something to that extent, take your kid with you. I have never had this happen, but apparently it's not uncommon for parents to to ask the servers to keep an eye on your kid. What? I I don't want to keep an eye on the plants in my house, and those are fake. We got to watch coffee pots, spotty silverware, food orders. We, We really don't have time to manage another human being, okay? Waiting tables can be tough. Raising children can be tougher. We know. Foodandwine.com goes on to say, take this advice with a grain of salt, even if that comes from a salt shaker that was licked by a little girl when her parents weren't looking, end quote. You know, it's just an etiquette type thing, but I think really, really good advice. For the full article, you can check out foodandwine.com on that. Before we go, I also want to talk about, in the spirit of traveling, some super fun hotels that we want to talk about right now. Now, there's been a lot of talk, especially on the Twitters, about the sort of decline in Airbnbs. Because the truth of the matter is, these Airbnbs have simply gone off the rails. I don't want a vacation and spend $300 plus a night in a new city on a new property that I have a task list of 20 things to do upon entering or leaving. That's insane. At what point are you going to be paying me an hourly for cleaning up your Airbnb? I mean, listen, taking out the garbage, doing this is one thing. They want you to clean linens. They want you to put stuff in the washing machine. They want you to mop floors. They want you to turn mattresses, fluff pillows. Guys, this is not a vacation anymore. As a result, the word on the street is that hotels are sort of pretty much back on the up and up. I mean, if I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars a night, somebody on vacation, somebody else is doing the work. In the spirit of that, here are three different hotels that I would recommend visiting right now. In three different cities. So first up, it's Aquaba Hotel in Brooklyn. It's a great, it's a glorious 1860s landmark mansion, okay, that was meticulously restored and includes 14-foot ceilings and ornate fireplaces. Very, very nice. In the historic Stuyvesant Heights district, it's nestled in a quiet tree-lined community with some of the city's finest brownstones, okay, 20 minutes away from Manhattan by subway or car. And there's like a beautiful point. I am seeing this as very picturesque. Like there's a beautiful sun porch where you can have lemonade. They have a hearty southern breakfast in the dining room. A majestic chestnut tree in the secluded garden. And couples massages and a jacuzzi for two in the privacy of your room. Okay? This isn't just like, you know, a normal hotel. We're talking like a luxury getaway here because that was the beauty of Airbnbs partially was that, you know, you could go into these houses and these neighborhoods and not feel as touristy and make it feel more homey. So this is what we're talking about here. Italianate villas, four guest rooms, 
All rooms feature air conditioning. There's a guest library, TV, and game room. Afternoon tea. Luxurious robes for lounging. I love a robe. And a personal concierge. Okay? That can arrange tours, restaurant reservations, or anything else you might need while you're visiting Brooklyn or if you want to hop on over to Manhattan. It's located at 347 McDonough, right in Brooklyn, and reservations are available at aquaba.com. That's spelled A-K-W-A-A-B-A.com. Next, there's La Maison in Midtown. La Maison in Midtown is an urban bread and breakfast with a slice of European flavor in the heart of Houston, Texas. Okay, it boasts complete privacy in the choice of your own twin, queen, or king guest rooms. Or you can treat yourself to a full-size suite in a private, beautiful veranda. Mm, What a great word, veranda. You can have a hearty full breakfast with Southern Flair or a continental breakfast in the cozy French kitchen. And the communal spaces include a sumptuous parlor, living room, and dining area. So this is great when you're traveling for business or pleasure with family or friends. Oh, or also a honeymoon. That's very, very cute. You can check out more online. That's Les Maison Midtown in the heart of Houston, Texas. And lastly, we head down to New Orleans, right? There's the Nopsy in New Orleans. Quote, located in the Central Business District, less than a five-minute walk from Bourbon Street and the French Quarter, Nopsy Hotel is near the action, yet just removed enough to foster a sense of escape. You can check out, check out more about the Nopsy Hotel, or Nopsy, the Nopsy Hotel, N-O-P-S-I, at Nopsy.com. <laughs> so, that's your nightlife and culture news for now. We've still got a lot more music on the way. Stay tuned. It's Redefine Radio on The Face Radio.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.